Yo, yo, yo. What's going on, everybody? This episode is super special to me. This was recorded back in late January. Yeah, late January. And it was with my good friend Derek Owens, a.k.a. D-Train, at D-Train's Kitchen on social media. Derek is one hell of a guy. I cannot express that enough. The amount of positivity, encouragement, enthusiasm that just radiates from him is unparalleled to a lot of people I've surrounded myself with. And it was so great to be able to sit down and talk a little bit about his story, how he fell into becoming a chef. Uh, He just finished up at the Culinary Institute of America. So it was really cool to talk to him about that, how he had so much family support, so much support surrounding him, and a little bit about why goals should always give you goosebumps. That was a really important topic that I, I took away from this whole conversation with him. It was really cool to get that perspective and just a new idea and a new saying as to how my goals should always be giving me goosebumps. Uh, I mean, I just thought it just works so well on so many different levels on how much depth you should really be having with the types of goals you set and how you should always remember that the only competition is yourself. Born and raised in uh, Southern Orange County, uh, just uh, recently graduated culinary school from the Culinary Institute of America at Greystone. I was at the point in my life where schooling wasn't for me and uh, just sitting in front of a table and sitting and hearing a teacher just preaching me, I wasn't really into that. So pretty much one day I was in the reality where the only time I was truly happy and truly enjoyed what I was doing was when I was at work. Mm-hmm. And uh, at the time, I was working at an establishment called Sinopolis. I was uh, the kitchen supervisor as well as a line cook. And so I spent my time cooking there, and I loved it, could work the late hours. I was like, you know what? I absolutely want to do this the rest of my life. Um, I walked downstairs one day, had a serious discussion with my parents, told them I wanted to go to culinary school. They were totally for it, full support, and here I am today. Yeah, that's a blessing, too, because a lot of times, like we were kind of chatting about earlier, is that when you tell your parents, you don't want to go to school, academics are not for you, there's a lot of pushback at times. Absolutely. And so it's really nice that you're able to have that upper hand, though, and be like, yeah, I'm just going to go full speed ahead and do that. That's yeah. awesome. And so that kind of leads into the first value. Then we'll talk about family and health, right? Absolutely. So I really, um, full support from family is always the best. Um, if you have the full support of your family and friends, you'll be unstoppable. Mm. And also a big thing... Uh, having a healthy relationship with your family, especially with my family, is when you have such a close family who you talk to on a daily basis, yeah. they encourage what you're doing, and also, they're pretty much your guinea pigs because you're making them everything like mm-hmm. that comes to your mind. It's just a true blessing and be able to have a fallback and be able to talk to someone and be able to have someone give me their honest input of like yeah. how I am and be proud of something that I love, you know? So mm-hmm. it's, it's absolute bl- uh, blessing. When I told him I wanted to go down there, it's past how much exposure actually came out to where like my great grandmother used to own a restaurant and then my mom's mom used to love to cook and everything. And so having everything just circle back in the one central area, how cooking always brings family together and just such a, it's such a unique thing that brings people together in one ish I just love it. You know, what would be like an ideal meal for you? Like what would be like the meal that brings everybody together? You know, a meal like 
It's it's funny because a lot of people always ask like, what would you make for a gathering of this or what would you make for a gathering of that? It really, I love making a lot of series of things, but if I were to make something like a nice lasagna, like everybody likes a classic lasagna or everybody likes uh, like a good old stew, so maybe like a nice beef bourguignon or Mm -hmm. something traditional with like a little bit of twist, like maybe I'll just throw out there one day maybe some shrimp and grits or go a little southern on them. But, you know, it's just... I always tell people that it doesn't matter how much salt you put something in it, how much uh, different ingredients you put in something, the main ingredient is always love. Because mm-hmm. if you don't put love into something, people always know. People taste love yeah. before they taste flavor. I was going to say, you can definitely notice like in some restaurants to where the just the presentation of itself sometimes too, to where you're, you look at it and it's very subpar, so I'm right. sure. That's a, no, absolutely. what you see now, yeah. Like, there's... I went from going, thinking Outback Steakhouse was fine dining, and then... Hey, the Bloomin' um, bloom Onion, though. You, yeah, yeah, the Bloomin' Onion, don't get me wrong. It's a, beautiful, it's a beautiful artifact, but, yeah. you know, um, being exposed to that culture of food and realizing that not just it's not just food, it's, it is an art. Mm. Like, everything can be created in such a different way and such a different technique and such a different flavor profile. It's just astounding. Right, and yeah, as an art form, you know, there's no... I'm sure that there's, there's a correct way to do it, but at the same time, every chef has their own unique spin on it. There's so many different ways to just present a meal and slight different ingredients and stuff like that. I mean, a, a Philly cheesesteak lasagna, I had never heard of. Like, yeah. And you, you feel like it's something you might hear of, but I never had until you told me that you're going to yeah. make it. I'm like, I'm so down for that. <laughs> that's, see, that's what's really fun about it, too, because you can take a classic... Uh, biggest thing I always the biggest thing that I always was told in culinary school is that if you know how to make one thing and you are fundamentally techniqued and you know the basics the basics can take you far okay. basics and test and technique is always where you start mm-hmm. but um, it gets really fun to where like especially when you're talking to other culinary people or other foodies and you're like you know what rather than a regular lasagna I'm going to make a Philly cheesesteak lasagna yeah. you know actually I don't want to do a Philly cheese steak lasagna. I'm going to do something where, like, I want to do, like, you know, fried lasagna fritter or something. You know, there's just always, like, a series <laughs> of right. random things yeah. that people come up and everybody's just trying to do the new best thing. I feel like if you know the vocab really well, too, it's easy to just put that yeah, spin on it right yeah, away. You, you know, know. <laughs> it's so funny you say that because a lot of people will look at me crazy when I see certain things when I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm going to brunoise this carrot. And they're like, I'm sorry. Or they're like, oh, yeah, I need I need mirepoix for the stock. And they're like, what? I mean, it's like, is that, is that an animal? Is yeah, that like, is that, <laughs> you know, they're like, what? Yeah. They're like, what? I'm sorry, like, you're going to make stock? Like, why don't you just buy it from the store? And then yeah. it's like, well, the way I learned it and stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, exactly. like, everybody has their own different ways and, like. Okay. Yeah. And so, kind of bounce off of that then, I'd like to talk a little bit about passion and how you have a passion for cooking, kind of how you realize your passion, you were self-aware enough, you understood, I don't like school, I love cooking though. It's something I gotta try out, if I don't jump in the water, I will never know what's underneath the surface. I'll never know what's going on, I'll never be able to experience it. So how did you really conclude the passion? How do you maintain the passion throughout? You know, it's, it's, it's a constant thing, man. I... You really, the biggest thing, if I can ever tell anybody, or the biggest form of advice is, if you're going to do something, you got to love it. Mm. And food gave me that feeling that no, nothing or no one else could ever give back to me or ever give to me in personal. And what was like, that feeling? It's, it's, you know, I felt that the very first feeling I ever got about that was 
very first meal I made back when I came back from my first semester of culinary school. I made uh, my family a uh, shrimp risotto mm -hmm. with uh, some Cajun shrimp and then uh, topped off with like a little bit of like parsley. And uh, their expressions, uh, their faces, their clean plates, the, uh, the way that we were all just spending time together and how they were like, oh, Derek, this, this was so good or wow, this is amazing. It just brought to us together that much closer yeah. that just couldn't take it, that feeling couldn't be taken away from me in any other way. Yeah. Like, knowing that I'm going to slave over a stove 12, 15-hour days and then be able to produce this food and people tasting it and just enjoying it, it absolutely makes my day. Yeah. And how did you feel on the inside? Was it just a moment of just bliss, happiness? I, I sat there, when that moment when... My uh, parents sat there and they finished the last bite of the meal and said, you know what, Derek, we're very glad you went to the school. We're very proud. That's when I knew right there, I was like, this can't stop. I yeah. can't, I can't lose this feeling mm -hmm. because this was the first time in my life I've ever been passionate about something. You know, I've gone through all my life where I was like, you know what? I think I'm passionate about football. I think yeah. I'm passionate about, uh, Sports, I think I'm passionate about this, but I truly didn't feel that passion until I started cooking, until I, until I started putting the produce out and realizing that every meal that I put out, that's my name. Mm -hmm. I'm putting my name out there. Yeah. That's, that's me on a plate. Mm. So how I represent my food is how people will believe who I am. So if I come out and I give you some food that's just straight awful and you know I didn't put in effort, they're like, oh, okay, well, obviously he doesn't care and obviously mm -hmm. he didn't put the effort. But when you get something that you know took time and the flavor is very delicious and you've let everything develop and it's beautiful and it's everything exactly how you want it, that's when you know you've made it. Okay, that's awesome. I mean, yeah, it, it, yeah, <laughs> that's incredible that you just, you recognize the feeling, the emotion, the just awareness of how the passion is just relating. It's the passion is speaking for itself visually and, and there's all these different types of feelings and emotions that other people get to experience as well. Right. And you get to just see that from like the backside of the kitchen or something like that. Yeah. You know, you get to kind of like peek over the window, the counter, and be like, all right, that's, I'm doing a good job here. Right. And when people, I mean, when people eat their meal really fast or really slow, what is there a chef's, do chefs have any particular opinion on that? They're like, I like when they take their time and really enjoy the meal. You know, um, a lot of a lot of different chefs, a lot of different cooks, a lot of uh, a lot of people have different opinions and different right. uh, variations of how they react by how people enjoy their food. The biggest thing we've always learned is that you know what, everyone's not going to like your food. Mm. You're obviously going to put out food that people are going to love. Mm they're going to see it's mediocre or they're not going to like it at all. And it's acceptance. You just accept exactly. it. You realize you're not going to please everybody. There's going to be opinions everywhere, but you just have to put it out. Exactly. Like content, social media content. You just got to put it out and just, everyone's watching you. Everyone's, everyone's tasting what you got to give to them and everything like that. And so everyone's going to have their opinion. You just got to do it regardless. Exactly. So the third value, integrity. Can you tell me a little bit more about integrity, how that relates into cooking and culinary skill? You know, uh, integrity is a big thing with me, and like pretty much what I mean by uh, integrity is that, uh, especially in this industry, everybody wants to be the top dog, and everybody wants to reach success, but no one wants to work hard first. Mm -hmm. And so, pretty much what I mean by that is like the little things that make such a big impact. 
So you're walking by, you're doing the walk-in, you see someone drop something, they leave, you pick it up. Yeah. You know? the um, Say you see a spill in someone else's station and then they're gone and not attendance, go clean it up real quick. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Just do it. Always like, you know, like put, you take that extra step, it makes it easier for everybody in a whole. Mm-hmm. And um, the reason why I think it's such a big deal is the way I see it is that, say, they're not putting away their dirty dishes or not doing what they're supposed to and stuff, you go and you fix their mistakes. Right. In okay. a sense. You know, that's always what I've made it. Yeah, not saying that, you know, yeah. Not saying that everybody makes mistakes and everybody does that, but, like, if you're willing to work as a team or work as a whole mm-hmm. and be able to do the right thing, even when people aren't expecting you to or watching you to, yeah. that's what makes it. Okay. And so... Tying it outside of the kitchen aspect and everything like that in real life, or not real life, but outside of just the kitchen, how did you kind of develop this sense of integrity and how do you apply it to your real life day to day? A little bit more about that. Oh, uh, you know, I, so like, for example, like I'll be doing things where I'll be in public and I'll see, I'll see someone like walk by a piece of trash or I'll see someone like get a cart and put it just in the middle of the parking lot. Oh, that's or, the worst. You know, yeah, like, <laughs> people do little distinctive things that are made to be simple, but they just make it a whole new level. Mm-hmm. And so, whenever I see that, it bothers me, you know, because mm-hmm. I feel that people could be doing so much better, so much better things for this world, as well in the kitchen, as well as in life. Mm-hmm. You know, like, people are wondering why we have such bad pollution, why we have such bad littering and such bad like economic problems but you need to sit there and think okay well you're sitting here wondering why we have so many problems but you're a part of it right rather than saying like why are there problems why not ask what can I do to help solve this problem exactly and you'd be surprised you'd be surprised how much of an extra step people are not willing to take yeah. Like, I've seen people where I, I'd be in a grocery store. I saw a woman the other day grab a package of grapes that had mold all over them. All she did was look at them, and she just put them back. And so I went over there. Rather than going up to her and making a scene, I was like, you know what? I'm going to just fix her mistake. I picked it up. I looked, and I went up to an employee. I was like, hey, like, this isn't sanitary. This isn't servable. Like, I just wanted to let you know. And they're like, oh, yeah. thank you very much. It's little stuff like that that makes people's days. Because yeah. they could have been sat, they could have sat there all day, and like mm-hmm. someone could have not said something, and someone could have bought it and went home and big up by a bad grapes, or someone could yeah. have accidentally took it home and eaten it, and that's, that's how you get sick. Along the lines of integrity and all of that, and the way you're talking about helping clean up people's messes, how does it just make you feel on the inside when you do that? What kind of emotion do you just feel when you're like, I just did something great, you know, without anybody asking me to do it? Though? It feels it feels really good, you know, man. I love I like doing uh, good deeds. Like I'll do I'll do little stuff for like even if it's just around the house. Like uh, my favorite thing is like taking out the garbage, checking the mail before my parents get home. Mm-hmm. They come home, something's already done. Or it's like it's always nice to give someone that extra step. Like in my to me. A clean kitchen is the best kitchen. Yeah. I love walking in. There's a clean kitchen ready to go and rock and roll. And I, I've felt it before. I've seen it many times. Like, no one wants to come through a dirty kitchen. So my so mentality worse. always is that if you're going to work in the kitchen, whenever you leave, leave as if you were never there. 
So when they walk in there, they're like, no one was ever here. Wow, this is spotless, and they're able to clean, you know? Mm. That is the absolute best feeling is when you feel that you have to do something extra or you have to achieve another goal, and then you come home, and it's been done because of the kindness of someone else or Mm. someone else who took the sot to help you out, you know? Mm. Because in the long run, it comes back to you because people see that. It's always full circle. It's always full circle. And so would you have at least one piece of advice to give to anybody watching this, listening to this, what's just like a piece of advice that you would give to them? Like one saying, quote, that maybe you just live by, anything like that. Um, well, my biggest form of advice is that do not go, do not set a goal unless it gives you goosebumps. And what I mean by that is that don't be subjected to just be average. You want to be above average. Mm. Because if you're always sitting there to be average, you'll never know what you can be unless you try, right? right. And um, the biggest thing I think is that you gotta you gotta love what you're doing and you gotta be able to be willing to work hard for it no mm. matter what. Whether you want to go out and you want to be an astronaut or you want to go out and you just want to be a cook mm. or you just want to you know yeah. be a chef. And I always thought that was the biggest thing. If you don't love what you do, then why why do it? And the biggest quote I always I always go by is that um, the biggest thing you should always know is that when you look in the mirror, that's your competition. Don't worry about anyone else. Because, like, you can look at the other guy and be like, you know what, he's more, he has a lot of skills, he's very intelligent. It doesn't matter what he has. Mm -hmm. It's about what you want. Yeah. And what you want to chase. It's all subjective. Yeah, you know, like, do you want greatness and you want to achieve your goals and you want to do what you, you want to do what you love while achieving those goals, or do you just want to be average and just live life every day as if as if knowing that what you want or not even knowing what you want and just sitting there and not thinking like, oh, okay, like how can I be above this? Yeah, that's awesome, and yeah, that's that's great that you say that. And like a, a big thing that like I try to at least for me like try to live by is what can I do today to better my tomorrow. And I think that's, you touched on that exactly, the way you're looking at yourself in the mirror, that's your competition. You have to think, how can I be better than what I'm seeing in this mirror right now? What can I do now, after I've witnessed it, to just be better tomorrow? I think that's awesome, dude. If you have little goals, like it's never, a goal's a goal. You achieve right. it. Um, one, of, one of the biggest things that I've ever, I was watching a documentary the other day, and um, one of the key things they said is that when you wake first thing you do when you wake up you should make your bed yes and you think why because at that point you've already achieved one goal so you've achieved one goal what's the difference between you achieving five goals or Mm. ten goals or even beyond that you know hey what's up podcast thank you so much for listening to this episode really hope it provided some new insight and some powerful and perspective changing ideas as to how we compare ourselves to competition and how our goals should always have a little bit more depth and always give us goosebumps as always wishing you a swell day and thank you so much for listening to the coach's log <laughs>